Welcome to Mama Evolve. We're your co-hosts, Andrea and Rochelle, and this podcast is all about the joy and pain of evolving as a mama. Join us as we discuss relationships, parenting, and self-betterment from the lens of two boy mamas. Mama Evolve starts right now. Thanks for joining us today here at Mama Evolve Podcast. We wanted to create a space where we could share our unique and personal experiences as mamas, vibe and learn from one another as we are continuously evolving in our motherhood. We are two cousins who are boy mamas, working professionals, and in constant pursuit of doing and being better for the sake of our babies. I'm your co-host, Andrea, and for today's topic, we focus on single motherhood. Hey, Rochelle. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. What's been up? (sighs) Parenting and such. (laughs) Yes, yes. Can I say parenting and shit? It'll be a grown up. (laughs) We can rate it a little explicit, I guess. Well, but because. (laughs) All right. So I've been parenting and shit, but it's been good. So I figured this would be a good way to start so we can kind of introduce ourselves um, and like how we got here and kind of, you know, a unique perspective of our experiences as mothers, particularly single mothers. Indeed. Well, we know how we got here, (laughs) but (laughs) yes. Doing some things. Yes. So let's start. When did you know you would be a single mom? Was it like prior to like your child's birth, like during or after? Uh, Definitely after. um, You know, my me and my child's father, we we were together. Um, We were engaged and everything. But um, my child was only a little over a year, but within that time of pregnancy, after him being there, uh, things in the relationship just became not safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from a place where that was not a norm for me and and in my space, um, I just didn't think that was something worth salvaging for the sake of saying that my child has both of his parents. So, um, yeah, it just came down to the safety of my child and myself, and that's how we got there. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a big part of my experience, too. And so, yeah, I think I was, because I came from a single mother, my dad was involved, like, early years, but my mother being a single mother... And she kind of just didn't take any shit. So (laughs) as soon as I started seeing shit, I was like, oh, no, I'm out. Like, you know, some people's personalities don't align or there's like not honesty or like you said, you're not in a safe environment. So you have to do what you have to do to like protect your child. And it's not always about, you know, of course, you want that fairy tale two parent household. But at the end of the day, it's about your child's well-being. And if that means leaving, you know, their father, unfortunately, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And, you know, like, don't get it twisted. Um, you know, that this wasn't an easy thing. That, it was not an easy thing to do at the time. Um, mm-hmm. There were a whole bunch of warning signs prior. Um, there were 
things, other things, you know, that were put up with as well. Yeah, I'm sure we um, could make a whole episode on one oh, side. <laughs> but we could, and we probably, and we will, and actually we will, but, you know, we won't go there right now. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it was just one of those things, though, seriously, you, it, it's not, I was definitely one of those people prior to becoming a mother um, and having to make those hard decisions that um, anyone who I knew who maybe went through something similar to me, I was very quick to judge and be like, just leave. You could just go, you know? Yeah. And then when you're in it and anybody who could be listening and I was that person, you know, I apologize. Um, you know, that, that that's not a easy thing to do. It's not like you're becoming a whole new person again and trying to figure it all out from like ground zero, but not just for yourself, but for your little person. And that's scary. And that's hard. Yeah. But you know, um, the first year (laughs) that was tough, you know, going from, we lived in a really nice home and then down to an okay little tiny apartment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was not, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, everything that I had worked for or, you know, built to have for my child that got taken and I had to start all over again. But at the end of the day, it ended up, you know, making everything better and giving him what I feel anyway, um, better life he deserved to have versus if we stayed in that situation. So, Right. Yeah. And I just think that sometimes you know, there's things that you can't fix when it comes to those types of relationships. Like my biggest thing was I can do bad all by myself. Like if we're doing bad <laughs> together <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're like missing each other. Like, you know, I'm saying I want this type of lifestyle. You want this type of lifestyle. And then there's like no trust and just different things that come up. Like safety becomes an issue. It's just like, okay, well, I have to put myself in a position and live in a place and be around people that allow me to be safe, that allow me to grow. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm like bleeding on my child (laughs) because I don't like I'm not able to be okay. And if I'm not okay, then and I'm the main one nurturing him, which I am and was, then that's a problem. And I I felt um, once I felt to get once I felt it get to that point where it was like, oh, this isn't just impacting me. It's actually impacting how I parent. I was like, I'm out. Like, I can't, I don't want to do that to him. He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. 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 Being so a mom is very it? selfless. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And that's, oh. that's a whole Lord have mercy. So when you came to this realization, um, course that's like a heartbreaking decision to make what um were you able to like confide in family or friends or like what was that like kind of letting everybody on the outside know what was going on um inside you know your home well (laughs) (laughs) so honestly um you know coming from the two-parent household I came from and me realizing everything before my very eyes was crumbling Mm -hmm. um, and was not going in the direction I hoped. Um, 
it was like I wanted to still have that facade or like everything's okay. It's all yeah. okay. Like it's fine. Um, nobody wants to say, hey, I failed at this family thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that, you know, so me not knowing anything other than a two parent home for me personally, I definitely felt like a failure. Like I felt like a yeah. failure as a woman and like a failure for my child. Um, to have what I always had. Um, so I, I didn't, my parents did not uh, know what was going on. I think my mother had some suspicions. Um, she had point blank asked me a time or two about certain things and situations. Um, I would just sweep it under the rug like, oh, no, you don't know. Yeah. It, no. That's um, not that. That's not what you know, clearly see. No, that's your eyes are deceiving you, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and you probably truly believe that at that time. Sadly, and I did um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to so badly believe in the foundation that I wanted to set or what I, you know, believed in. Mm-hmm. But um, to really answer your question, though, um, it was not until... It was not until a couple months before um, we left that I actually told one person, no, excuse me. Well, put it to you like this. I told one person who was physically here mm-hmm. in our hometown what was going on. And that was my cousin, my male cousin. Me and him are very close. Um mm-hmm. So I let him know what was going on just on the strength, like, you know, because I was kind of scared at that point. And I was just like, you know, in case something goes crazy, just so you know what's going on. But I have a plan, like I'm leaving, but just so you know. And he, you know, you want me to, and I'm like, no, no, I don't want them problems. (laughs) Just be aware. Um, I did have, uh, my best friend, I told her she that she lives in North Carolina, so she's my best friend, so you know, I eventually, you know, told her. That was a sad thing for me too, because me and her just growing up and our dynamics with um family were very different. I think that's like what helped drew us together. But yeah. she was like almost crying, like we promised we would not let ourselves be in situations like that. And that like really hurt. Um, yeah. I felt like, you know, I was letting her down yeah. staying in something oh, like that. It, it was, but, um, but yeah. So, and when it got time for me to move, the only thing I did say was, you know, I'm just not happy here is just all I really said, which mm-hmm. it wasn't a lie, but I didn't say to the extent of safety and, other issues that surrounded that um, because I just wanted the transition to be smooth. I didn't want mm-hmm. anyone to get hurt and I just wanted my child to be okay coming out of that. And I, I just didn't want any problems. We already had enough. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like extremely similar. <laughs> like as far as like, like you're just like, you're not even trying to cause like an uproar. Like I was just trying to get out and just, you know, be as neutral as possible but Mm -hmm. I think when you do that you also like you're like sparing everybody else's feelings 
for yours and your well-being and you're not telling certain people what's going on because like you don't want to be a burden or you don't want the judgment mm-hmm. and it's just like you know that's probably the most um that uh, that's a time when you really just need community like that would have probably made things 100% better if you just had like a support system during that hard time yeah and you know um you know once we got out and to be quite honest, I didn't even tell anybody yeah. what happened until he left out of town. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I thought that was in his best interest <laughs> that right. I did it that way. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, yeah, people are people. I, I don't want anyone could hurt me, but I'm not, I'm not a fighter. Um, in that sense, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not out to hurt people. Um, I don't want people to get hurt and I, I don't like unnecessary things that don't need to go any further. So when I got out of there to me at that point, that situation was handled our safety mm-hmm. and our peace of mind and well being that was taken care of. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, you're better than me. I'll say that as far as the, you know, I, mean, I didn't fight. I kept a cordial. I will say, you know, the relationship I had with my child's father prior to, you know, anything going bad, we were very close. We were like best friends. We have a lot of the same interests and things like that. So I think that that's kind of probably what prolonged it anyhow is the fact that I really liked him, you know, like as a friend. And so it was, I was very blinded to like the bullshit. So once I was like awoken, I was like, oh, I gotta go. And I awoken. was, I, like I was awoken. awoken. <laughs> but I think it kind of helped. It like helped. Well, I will say I trusted myself and I doubted myself because I came from a single parent and my mom was always very strong and she was always like, you know, don't take any shit. And, you know, you can do any, like she was, she's super independent, has always taught me and my sister to be super independent. So a part of me thought when I initially wanted to leave, like, am I quitting? Like, am I just giving up because I know I can do it by myself? And I was like nervous because I'm like, well, I can't make, like, I can't do this, you know, only for my interest. Like maybe I'll stick around a little longer and see if like, it's not just, you know, something that we can work through. Mm. And it wasn't, we couldn't, but, um, so her also like just being that independent person, you know, allowed me to know that like I would be good either way. I didn't have any fear going into being a single mother. I was disappointed with myself as well because I was like, I my grandparents have been married or, you know, when they when my grandfather was alive, they had been married for like 60 plus years. So I saw what that looked like and I knew what I wanted to do, like how I wanted to set my life up and and I saw my parents you know, co-parenting and it was good sometimes and it was bad sometimes. And I was just like, oh, I'll just, I'll avoid all that. And I'll just marry the guy I have a kid with. And like, it'll be so simple. <laughs> like, we'll just get married, have a kid, you know, get a white picket fence, buy a house, like it's just dumb shit. Like just. Just that easy, you know. Socialized <laughs> concepts of what a family looks like was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I got pregnant young too. I was only 20 when I got pregnant, 21, when I had my kid. So I don't know, like looking back, I definitely don't, um, 
I don't know. I, I just, I used to be so hard on myself. Like, oh, you know, I mean, I was still was able to work through everything, but I was very hard on myself. Like, you know, you knew better, like you could have did better, blah, blah, blah. But as I've grown older and like hindsight 2020, like, you know, takes two people to tango and. Well, we all know better after it all happens. <laughs> so that's how I try to look and not, you know, be so negative on myself sometimes because, you know, yeah. as we get older, we're still learning. Nobody knows everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I just, you know, obviously wish that it could have gone differently, but I think that we both made the right decision. Our kids are doing well. They're thriving. They're in safe environments. They're happy, you know, Indeed. Speaking of co-parenting, you are in a co-parenting situation. Ish. Ish. <laughs> but yes. I mean, when the co-parenting is happen- happening and it's consistent, you know, how is that? And when it isn't consistent, how is that? Like, what's your experience with that? How How is that? Well, I mean, we could do a whole episode on that as well, but I think. (laughs) Give me the short manuscript. (laughs) A short manuscript. I will say this, and I I always say this because right now I am in a relationship. I'm engaged and the guy that I'm with has children as well outside of our relationship. So I see him co-parenting and, you know, I will say that my co-parenting situation isn't as difficult because I think that, like I said, we were so similar when we were together and like our ideas of how to raise a child was very similar. Um, So like, even like our, like something is not, I mean, I guess it's not simple, but like disciplinary styles, like we choose not to use like force. Like we're not going to, we don't really hit him. You know, we don't see that as necessary, not because like abuse or anything like that, but just like, we feel like, we know him and my kid is extremely smart. He's like curious, like he knows things. He's wise beyond his years, as I'm sure you know. He's a little man. <laughs> be looking little, at this cat like, like oh yeah. He's five years old. <laughs> and I just, with him in particular, like, yeah, I did little, I did spank him when he was like two or three. And like, there wasn't a way to reason with him as he's aged though. Um, we have been able to like talk to him and I feel like that's enough. Like we can say certain things and it will bring him to tears because he doesn't want to disappoint us and because he knows right from wrong. So like, I think just little things like, you know, being on the same page when it comes to disciplining, being on the same page when it comes to, you know, how, like the type of environments that we want him in, we go back and forth with that, but like, And, and I think that I will say, like, he has enough respect, like, for me that he trusts me when parenting. So that helps because I am the custodial parent. It helps, you know, with me making decisions and, like, I just keep him informed and I still have, like, that, you know, support where he's not going to fight, like, you know, whatever. So I do appreciate that, but, you know, it is difficult when people aren't consistent or they, you know, just it's, you know, things aren't aligning. Like I want to do things a certain way. He wants to do things a certain way and it just doesn't align. But what I try to remind myself is this is my child's normal. 
And if this is his normal, then he's only going to think something's wrong if I say something's wrong or if somebody else says something's wrong. So with that, I feel like he'll be okay. Because when I grew up and, and my parents were co-parenting, first of all, that wasn't even a word back then, but whatever. <laughs> dad, my mom would take me to school and my dad would pick me and my sister up and then we would you know, go over his people's house and then he would bring us right home before dinner. And like, we didn't think anything abnormal of that shit. Like we thought that was, that was our normal. So like, it, and we were happy, we were healthy. Like we weren't worried about our safety. So that's just, I try to like, you know, go back to that mindset. As long as he's happy, healthy, he's well taken care of. Like it doesn't matter what, you know, who he lives with or, or, you know, who he goes with in the summer or whatever, like he, that is his normal. And if he's supported in that and I always check in with him and everything and, and so I feel like he'll be okay, but yeah, <laughs> co-parenting is, is interesting. It's two personalities for one soul <laughs> and it is for you. I mean, for your situation, do you feel like it is better to have a co-parent or do you feel like in a way, like it's kind of a waste and depending on the situation that the one person should be doing it. Like how, how do you feel about that? Or do you think it should be all hands on deck? I, I don't know. I think, I think I often criticize like my mom for like pressuring my, I don't know if it was pressuring, but she would be like, like before like a band concert, she would go to his house and be like, you better come to this band concert. It's at this time. Like, Don't be late, whatever. And I didn't know that. So when, I, when he would show up to the band concert, I was like, oh, daddy's here. And then like, as I aged, he fell off. And I was like, well, where did he go? And it was like, well, she stopped proactively, like telling him, you know, show up. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. so like, I make sure that I don't play that role. I allow him to show up the way that he feels like he can show up. Um, but I'm not like pressing anything. Like, I'm not going to send you the text like, hey, this is what's going on. As a parent, it's your job to check in on your child. You know, at this point, my kid has communications. He has a cell phone. So like you can text, you can you can hit me up at any time to speak to him or whatever. I'm not going to press it, though, because like I felt really hurt when I thought that my father fell off. And the reality is he was never as involved as I really thought he was, at least not on his own. And I just don't think that, you know, as a mother, it's not my responsibility to do all that. Like, I'm literally doing everything. Like, I don't think that I should have to go that extra mile to be like, hey, did you talk to so-and-so? Did you, you know, did you FaceTime them? Like, it's just too much technology and there's too many ways to reach out to your kid. Like, if you don't want to do that shit, that's on you. That. (laughs) Yeah, so what has co-parenting been like for you? Non-existent. Non- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's cool. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, like, do you know why? Is there um, an explanation that was given to you? No. Um, you know, so I don't. And you know this. This is not to be a bash se- session on right. anybody. Um, but you know, uh, once me and him, you know, left. Hold on. 
President's Day, y'all, and uh, my child's being kind of loud. Anyway, <laughs> no, um, no. When when we left, um, and then he ended up because le- he ended up leaving state a few months after. Okay. Um. It. I mean, I feel like when he left, that just kind of was what it was. Like, oh. You know, that's it. (laughs) Um, You know, I but I was that person in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that we'll talk about that further down the line, but there was like five different steps of like grieving from leaving Mm -hmm. that relationship. Um, It was very hard for me to grasp the concept like, you know, are you going to try to see him? Are you going to try to talk to him? Why are you not checking up on him? Hey, he had this doctor's appointment. Are you not concerned? (laughs) You know, um, any money for diapers? Um, (laughs) Or here's some pictures in case you remember what he looks like. You know, it's his birthday coming up, you know. Or, I mean, but, but it is what it is. Some, I haven't spoken to him probably it's been probably almost three two or three years um you know my child has tried to reach him mm-hmm. um but that but that's you know one of those things too I don't he does not know to the magnitude or even what happened as to why he's not present right and he's young and I'm not going to do that's not a conversation that I'm going to have with him until he's way older or when right. he's old enough to understand and ask about all of that. But, right. you know, I do not, um, when he does ask about him, uh-huh. um, you know, like, well, does he, am I never going to talk to him again? And I just say, you know, it feels mm-hmm. sad, but, you know, I just answer as honestly as I can. And right. I just say, well, you know, he, I know he works, um, you know, he may be busy. If he does find time, then he will call you back or he will reach out to you if he can. And I just mm-hmm. say it in that way. Um, I don't want to mold an opinion off of my feelings for him. Right. Um, well, that's I, very nice of you. <laughs> I don't do it either, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's, I mean, we do go above and beyond to fucking protect people. Yeah. So, I, I've never been the person to want to stare someone's idea about something or a situation or a person in any way. And this even right. includes this. Um, ultimately, that's going to be up to him. He will see as he's getting older who's showing up and who is not. Um, right. So the line of communication is not closed on my end. It's just up to him on if he's going or if he will open that door eventually. But that's on him. I don't any longer send pictures say what's going on because you or remind hey it's his birthday or hey you know christmas is coming you helping you know why yeah if he wanted to do those things then he would do them or able and not even you know material wise just the acknowledgement mm-hmm. and it's more the acknowledgement for me i don't really even care about material things but yeah. um yeah it's it, you know, it just says what it is now. His family, on the other hand, I do have 
a relationship with his mom. We, we talk maybe mm-hmm. a couple times out the month or every other month or so. Um, I do mm-hmm. send her pictures. Um, he um, has a family member who is very generous, um, who does send things for like Christmas or birthdays and they leave those lines of communication open or if we were ever to venture down that way where they live, they have made it known that the door is open and that they mm-hmm. would like a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. I, at this, you know, like my child's eight. So at this point, whoever wants to be there for him, they're going to be there. Um, but I'm not going to force, you know, relationships or anything like that. Cause that's the one thing um, that is important to me for raising my child is to understand that it's not healthy to force a relationship on something that's just not there because all yeah. you're going to end up doing is being disappointed or <laughs> trying to push for something that's not there and you don't want to be that person. No. And so. I always told, yeah, I always told Asa, I'm always like, you know, people are who they are. Like this is with anyone. I'm like, mm-hmm. people are who they are. So like, you know, if someone tells you they're going to do something and they don't like, you know, it, maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's who they are, whatever. But like, you have to continue to do you. And like, I don't ever want my son to think how someone treats him, whether it's, you know, parents or anything. I don't want him to ever think that how someone treats him is because of who he is. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. because of who they are. Right. Right. And that's so I try to keep that like front and and center because even with you know my father my son grandfather is my stepfather mm-hmm. he has a relationship with my stepfather more than his actual grandfathers and he has two who are alive and well yeah. who are younger so it's just like <laughs> I think that I, and I will credit my stepfather with this he um I hated him when I first met him just because he was like my mom's <laughs> husband whatever but he's such a like honest and nice and just a genuine person and I think he kind of like broke the barrier for me when it comes to like a role as a step parent Mm -hmm. because I didn't really see it as a real role if I'm being honest like when I was younger I was just like especially because and then they married when I was like fresh out of the army so like I was like oh I'm grown like this don't count (laughs) like he stepped up when for real but he stepped up when like Asa came and when my son came I mean that's his grandson like period like he there's no distinction you know when your kid comes over my mom's house like that's his grandson too like he don't care (laughs) he's just a loving genuine person so I will forever be thankful for that because he did like I don't know he like that that was it's it's so helpful because like my my dad doesn't show up as a as a grandfather in the way that I would expect him to and so my son doesn't have to fill that void because I, my stepfather is there. Yeah. So I'm so appreciative of that. And I'll never, you know, be more, you know, I'll be more than grateful for that forever. But yeah, I think that, um, I think that more than anything, I try to like, I try to tell my friends this, I try to tell my you know family this, but I feel like you create your family like, yeah, you have people that you're related to by blood or whatever. But like, you know, when you get married, you're creating your family. When you have step parents or whatever, like that's a part of your family. The people that you choose, like your closest friends to be around your kids. Like my two friends who are around my kids, like they will be aunt and uncle. Like it doesn't matter if we're siblings or not. Like 
I feel like you kind of have the choice about who gets to be in your kid's life. And I always tell my son, like, you know, you're surrounded by love. So it doesn't really matter whose face it is or who's showing up. Like you are surrounded by love if you ever needed anything. Like, you know, he has fundraisers and like my friends will do anything before like close family members will. And like, that's maybe, maybe it's a thing of like, they don't have the means, but my, my friends are my family truly. So I just try to keep that in mind whenever I'm in my like soapbox about being a single mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then when you're asking, you know, with the whole co-parent thing. um, Yeah. And then too, uh, where it is tricky, I would say, I know you say like with decisions and how like one may do something or the other may do something a little bit different, you know, it's a gift and a curse um, this way, because mm-hmm. since I am the sole person making these decisions for me, to me, I mean, but this is just my experience and my personal feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's almost harder <laughs> Because if you make one tiny decision that could be a little bit off or a little bit unfavorable, the whole thing crashes mm-hmm. and burns on you. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't have that backup or that mm-hmm. extra hindsight where, you know, in a co-parent situation, um, where they're like, you know, hey, I know you said yeah, this, you but let's, that. you know, um, yeah. now... I, me and my boyfriend, we've just moved in together. It's been about what, six or seven months now since we've been living together. Um, mm-hmm. So this would be the closest to a co-parenting situation <laughs> that right. I have, um, or I guess a two-parent home situation for mm-hmm. my child. Um, and then you said with your experience, you know, your fiance has children where, you know, my boyfriend, he, he does not have any children. Right. So um, it's a learning curve for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, but it has been awesome to have him here with us all together in one roof because I've learned so much more about myself mm-hmm. um, and maybe about how I may go about things or where maybe I could be imposing on my boy's space, big word here, my boy's space, (laughs) because I'm so used to being mom and the sole provider, sole caretaker, sole everything that I'm used to doing everything. Yeah. Um, To make things go quicker and faster, because you know how that goes. You don't 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 have have time. time. (laughs) So you you, want to rush and it's it's almost controlling almost. Like I sit back and think about it like, damn, that's like kind of controlling, like chill out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're micromanaging them. But yeah, it's out of necessity though. How do you keep your sanity if, you know, you tell him to like, oh, put your socks here and it takes like 10 minutes and you're like, bro, that could take two minutes. Like what, what happened? Then you're like, no, just let me do it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, what I can, my takeaway with him being here, I have really been able to push myself back in, have my child becoming a young man, you know, be more accountable. Because at the end of the night, I say this to you all the time, I am not a man. (laughs) Okay? I'm not a man. I'm doing the best I can with what I kind of know. Yeah, seriously. 
Um, so, but having him here has, it's, it has definitely been a plus. Um, it's been awesome. And I see a difference Mm -hmm. with, um, him able to see, have a constant figure in his face now that Mm -hmm. looks like him and is a man. (laughs) Um, so, you know, kids respond differently to male energy too. And Mm -hmm. there's like plenty of studies that show that most kids, girls or boys, they tune their mothers out because of like their tone of voice or whatever. Like there's a whole bunch of studies about that, but I've always noticed that my son responds differently to male energy. Oh, mine for sure. Cause you, y'all can hear my voice. It doesn't sound very threatening (laughs) because it's not. So, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, things like that. Um, and my experience and now recently having, this here um I, I think that that is important now this isn't one of those things either who people this is our experience of becoming single moms and not by choice i know that there are right. people who become single moms, and i want to make that clear too That's a good um point. yeah because i i don't want it to just be one-sided i don't think yeah. that there's anything wrong with people who choose to be single moms there are people who maybe don't want to wait on somebody or maybe do not want a significant other and have the means yeah. and are able and have the willpower to do that. Um, I am not them, but. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm a man, okay? I, I need somebody in this house to help me raise this kid, okay? I can't do this by myself. Um, you know, like if it came down, you know, well, and I, with it coming down to it, obviously for, up until just recently, I was just doing it alone. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it can't be done. Um, and it's My not like a, it like it's a bad thing if it is done that way. Because sometimes mm-hmm. that the cards just are what the cards are. Yeah. Um, but if I do have a choice, and for me, um, and this is this is probably biased, but this was how I was raised. So this is what I know: is to have yeah. two parents in the home. And, you know, to have both of those energies to bounce off of, you know, for a child, to me, you know, I do think that that's important, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anybody listening that don't have the same feeling, that's not, you know, I'm not saying, you know. It's right or that's, wrong. Yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, just my experience, though. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Well, I do kind of want to get into quickly just some stereotypes that we've experienced as single mothers now that we've kind of like told our stories about, you know, how we got here. Um, I know that I've personally experienced stereotypes just like in general. I Like I said, I was a very young mother. Um, so when I first had Asa, I was actually in the military. I was serving for the Army Reserves. I was in college and I was working full time. So... I just need people to understand that, you know, you can still be grown and do what you got to do and have a child and raise that child. Like, it's not going to be the easiest thing, but I just feel like, you know, one thing about a single parent in general is we're going to get it done. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I would like apply for jobs or 
Well, just like if I would apply for a job, people would look at my work history they're like, oh, you know, you were this and you did that and you're, you know, yes. And I have a younger face. Like I probably, pre- I probably present younger than I actually am. But, you know, yes, I am educated. Yes, I, I do work at a, a job that some might call professional. Like, you know, yes, I do make a decent, like a good salary. Like I can't, you know, I'm not making something that maybe would allow me to qualify for more assistance that I would really love to get because that would be very <laughs> helpful. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, um, I experienced a lot of the stereotypes um, of like the single mother, like, you know, not really having enough. Maybe they kind of thought that there was like turmoil at home or even turmoil within the relationship or, you know, unsafe environments, whatever they had thought from, you know, when they saw a single black mother who was young and then, Mm -hmm. you know, my kid steps in and he's well-mannered and he's not causing, you know, chaos in, in the daycare room or whatever. And, you know, I'm paying my daycare fees on time or whatever. So yeah, like what type of, um, cause I know your experience is a little different. And so like, what was your, like what has kind of single mother stereotypes do you feel like you face or are currently facing? Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess I could start, you know, um, so my child had some deve- developmental delays. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard to deal with at first um, because I didn't know what was going on. This is after, you know, we removed ourselves from our situation. So I'm right. working full time at that time. He mm-hmm. is going to daycare and I'm working over to kind of make ends meet and trying to figure Mm -hmm. some things out. Um, And he's at a daycare and they're saying, you know, he's not being verbal or he's not wanting to be around people or he's acting out or, you know, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I get told by some, by the particular administrator at this place, like your child is just violent because he wants to be like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I still have the letter too. It was really nasty. (laughs) Um, Lo and behold, I end up, that's a whole story, but we we won't go there. But long story short with that, I end up finding out my child has a high functioning autism, um, which ended up explaining some of those things that I I was even experiencing for myself at home um, are not good communication. Um, So first and foremost, with our children, I feel like when something is going on where it really was a speech, a, you know, with social issues, there were all these things that he had going on and his delays that it was just pointed to. He's angry and wants to beat everybody up. Whereas these other kids, yes. And then there is a whole, you know, other children we're acting out, smacking their moms and doing the most. Mm. Oh, he yeah. just needs his medication. And I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, I, Lord have mercy. And it's and, so funny because we've actually, we actually have two completely different experiences with the way our kids are stereotyped. But yeah, we'll get into that. Right. Um, so, you know, I had that or, you know, after I pulled him out of there, 
which I did. Um, and I found out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to, I had him in speech therapy. I was going to like a, um, like a behavior specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in like another program for him as well. Um, that helped with, um, just to kind of help him with his delays and get him on a good track with talking and expressing himself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was doing a whole bunch of things at one time. (laughs) It it was, it was a hard time. Um, And then even down to the school, um, it was going to be time for him to get placed um, in a class that would be appropriate for him with what he had going on. Um, now, at this time, he was about to be in kindergarten. He was just starting to kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, was, but the school he was in, he was, it wouldn't have been the proper place for him to be with his progression. Mm-hmm. So, my issue was they wanted to put him in a certain school district. They wanted to place him somewhere where it was just behavior problem kids and they were kind of pushed aside. Yeah, well, they intermingled them like the because my mom works in the school district or did when where they intermingled the two, the autistic autistic children and the behavioral children. And it's like, that's not the same thing. No. So and I knew that. And um, and yet, once again, because I know this is a sensitive subject matter, yeah. one disability is not over the other. Um, right. Certain issues should be addressed in certain ways. My right. child um, was progressing in his speech. He was progressing um, when it came down to being around others. He had sensory issues and things like that, which we have. If you know my child back then, he was horrible around a group of people. Well, and, and I think that that led to what they called the behavioral issues was his, he couldn't communicate what was going on. So he just he freaked out. And he did, yeah. you know, so, you know, the, those were things, but I was like kind of criticized or not kind of, I was criticized um, for the choices I decided to make and where I wanted to send him uh, specifically uh, one of the school administrators for the school that they wanted him to go to, mm-hmm. um, they, she was, she came late to the meeting, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's these, uh, like every few months meetings I would have to go over progression and things like that. She would always mm-hmm. come late, but she walks in late. I'm like, oh, yes. And they have these things up on a screen of just different things. We then almost been done with the meeting and, oh, yes, well, you could be doing that. <laughs> and, but it was awesome because she's just looking at me thinking I'm one of these parents who are not interactive in my child's um, learning um, yeah. and the things we did at home or, you know, it was I was definitely very meek and quiet at that time period in my life where sometimes I would not speak up to things like that. Um, Luckily, the woman who was working with my child um, spoke up and was like, excuse me, 
Mrs. B, you know, she does this, she does that. They go here, they go there. She shows him this. She has a whole wall placed, taped up on her wall. She goes over, you know, so, I mean, you must have came. I know you came in late, but these are things she already does. So, (laughs) you You know, someone like that, especially when you're not, you know, in a place where you can advocate for yourself. Yeah. It, you know, so just kind of going on a tangent, but what you're asking me, you know, with that, um, people assume, um, that you're maybe not that present with your child when they may have some learning things going on or, you know, whatever. And I know for me, you know, that's, that's not the case. Um, I've enrolled him in several different activities, <laughs> different um, learning to, yeah. Um, some people just learn different by do things here. Um, everyone is just, every child is unique and they learn differently. Yeah. And it makes none of them better or worse. Yeah. I think. Um, and that shouldn't go against your parenting parenting yes exactly so, like like you're responsible because your child is delayed in something like that doesn't even make or that your child is advanced in something like either way like I, I don't think it's necessary I mean a lot of times you know I try to teach my child because I try to teach him in the way that I can under I can see that he understands hmm. so you know there's some things that he just has and there's some yeah. things he just doesn't have and like yeah. you work with, you know, the good and the bad and you figure it out. But um, I think another thing, too, is that like, did people even believe you when you initially started to get him checked out to see like what was going on to like get to the fact that it was autism? Did people believe the symptoms, the signs, all that? After Afterwards, yeah. But some of those places um, or that specific place I mentioned in the beginning, I had took him out of there by and I wanted to go back up there and be like, hey, by the way, you're saying my child is, you know, whatever. This is why. But whatever. Yeah. Um, no, they, they did. But um, yeah, just I think the worst thing to this was probably the biggest one when I um. I'm very, as we do these things, you will all see that I am very, a very big advocate when it comes to learning Mm -hmm. and what are you teaching our children? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very big on that. That's important. Um, So where he was going to school for a while, I did notice that I felt like the education was lacking and I am that parent that if I feel like it's not there, I'm going to call it out or see what's going on or, you know, what, what are we doing here? And I did do that. Um, And it really killed me what the woman said to me because I had a meeting and I'm like, you know, how are you guys going over X, Y, Z? What are you, you know, whatever. People couldn't like really give straight answers that basically it doesn't seem like the job was being done effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and when I called it out and showed what I was working with at home or things we were doing, I even have recordings. They're like, Oh, well, we didn't know that Isaac could, you know, do this. And I'm like, you don't push him. And I say, okay, but these are things he can do. Like, how are you working on this? 
for this to be a thing because I work. The kids go to school for a reason, for eight hours <laughs> almost to learn. <laughs> exactly. We are a follow-up after. I mean, we are still the teacher. We're still teaching them, but. I, I 100% so. agree because my tax money is going somewhere. So you got to figure <laughs> it out. I literally, yeah. I had the same, ex- well, not the same experience, but I, I had a similar experience because yeah, I think we're both very involved in our kids' education. And it's like, it's, some people don't even know and whatever. I mean, like you learn as you grow, but there's schools have curriculums that they follow and there's several different types of curriculum. So when I um, put my son in preschool at the local elementary, I was like, hey, like what type of curriculum do you use to use this or that? And they're like, oh, well, we use this. And I'm like, okay, I think that would be good for him because he actually struggles like socially, emotionally. So one thing I had noticed in my kid is that he would, and I think it's because he's like a perfectionist for real, but he would like try to do something. And while he could cognitively understand a lot of things, if he couldn't figure it out in a certain time frame, he would get so frustrated and then he would like burst out into tears. Mm. And that would piss me off. <laughs> it, it would make me so upset, but it would concern me because I was just like, oh no, we can't, we can't handle things like this. Like, this is not okay. Like you have to learn how to, um, get through things and how to process things. And I always told them like, you know, just watch how he problem solves because problem solving for him seems to be very difficult. So while he can, you know, write his name and all this other stuff, like problem solving, that social emotional skill that you really need um, was seemed like a, a barrier for him. And like he, they eventually worked with him and like, I would look into things and, and he kind of figured it out. But um, I was lucky that, my sister at the time was, well, not at that time. My sister was working at the time <laughs> yeah. for the elementary school. So mm-hmm. she got him into preschool early. And because he was like a little, like we always worked on like spelling and he was able to read a little bit. So they were able to like take him in at a younger age, which really helped me out, you know, financially too, because he didn't have to go to daycare. Right. Um, but I, I did, I would notice little things like that. And I would be very, and I would even ask them like, you know, okay, where is he at? Like, well, what can we do? Like, what can we work on? What can we do now that he's already at this benchmark? Like, is there anything? And they would be, I will say that that elementary school and that particular teacher um, was very supportive. And like, she would even get work from like the upper grade, like, hey, here's some stuff he can work on in this particular subject, because he's a little advanced in this subject. Like, he's always been pretty ahead, like in math and stuff like that. So I'll always, you know, try to cater to his understanding. Because he might be, you know, ahead in this, behind in that, at the level right here. So, like, I think you kind of, you, as a parent, you have to be so involved in your child's education and know, like, where where they're at and, you know, what, what they are learning. Because if you're not paying attention, your teacher, like, the teachers are supposed to be responsible. But, again, they have way too many kids and they're not paid well. So, like... It is your responsibility to make sure your kid is learning what they're supposed to be learning and to be involved. But it is funny how when you get involved as a single parent and they're like, oh, yeah. So, no, serious. No, for real. Because (laughs) with that, though, um, when I did call that meeting and like, what are you guys doing? At the end, the lady is like almost crying like, you're actually a parent that cares. And I'm like. (laughs) Bruh. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? 
Oh. Huh? And like I, I wanted to hug me. And I'm like. But I, and a part of me wants to believe that it's like the areas that we're in and it's the parenting in the air. Like a part of me wants to believe that's some of it. But there's also a large part of me that's like, are you judging me because I'm doing this shit by myself? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I try to let it to roll off. But at the same time, I don't know if you do the same thing to the little mother and father over there. So, mm. Or my favorite, not my favorite, but my favorite <laughs> is when, <laughs> when they're, uh, you know, talking with you. You're going over mm-hmm. things. Do you understand? You don't ever ask me that. Like, don't say that to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm no dummy. Yes, I, I understand. Oh, you you went to college? <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, just because I don't have like a fix a doctorate or like yeah, like you don't and you don't have to go to college to be educated. But yeah, I went to college. That's and I thought that was funny too, because when you mentioned, like, when you put your kid in another school, and it was like the the same district that you went to, and it's more of an affluent area in our, you know, mm-hmm. we're from, and they're oh, you went there, and it's like, yeah, and what I'm are like, you gonna say? Yeah, I did. All twelve yeah. years. <laughs> like, yeah, so <laughs> they want you to be broke, sad, you know, needy, all types of shit. It's it's very interesting, but. I will say that my kids had some pretty decent teachers and fingers crossed it stays that way. But I, I will say this though. I think I see him being like, I've recently volunteered for like a field trip and he's such a social butterfly, but it gets to the point where it's like, he does what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it makes me upset. Cause I'm like, boy, you know better. And <laughs> I don't really see where he's being corrected. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what it's like when he's like, not with me. Cause I was, super, I was, you know, on the field trip and he was just living his best life. And I think that a lot of times my kid in particular gets away with some things that people might call behavioral because um, he's like too talkative and maybe even to the point where it's interruptive. I think he gets away with it because he does his work. He's, he is smart. Like he's and more advanced in most things in the classroom. So I think because of that, they're like, oh, well, we're not going to bother him. Because, and it's like, well, no, because, you know, if Jimmy's over here talking too much, you're going to call him out. So, like, I, I want my son to be corrected. Like, I don't want him to think that he can get away with everything. And, and I do feel like he gets a certain type of privilege because you can call him anytime. He could probably answer the question. So that bothers me a bit. Because there's going to be a rude awakening when he gets a teacher that don't do that shit. And they're going to be like, uh, excuse me, sir, can you go down to the principal's office? Because I told you to be quiet twice. Yeah. Like, whether you can do this paper or not, you got to go. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, are there any other stereotypes that you've gotten? How about... Mm-hmm. My kid stereotypes me. I remember, <laughs> look, I remember one time I bought something heavy. Oh, maybe, I don't know what it was. Maybe like a desk or something, whatever. And it got delivered and I had to put it together, which I'm always putting stuff together. And he was like, oh, you can't carry that inside the house. Why don't you call my dad? I was like, call your dad? And this was years after we went together. So like the fact that he even said that, I'm like, why wouldn't you say like, why would you call grandpa or something? 
I'm like, no, I can bring it in the house. Like, I'm strong. Well, but you're a girl. I mean, he was like four or five, but you're a girl. And I said, being a girl has nothing to do with strength. I said, I'm stronger than you and I'm a girl. What do you mean? I could hear his little butt saying that too. Oh my gosh. So I'm just like, my poor baby is being socialized. Um, But I had to show him like, no, look, I'm about to bring this in here. I'm about to put it together. And, you know, not that I don't need no man, but a woman can do it and a man can do it. Just like a man could go in there and make a good dinner. A woman can come in here and build this piece of furniture so (laughs) but I lord have mercy no I know I try to stay I try to kind of educate him on gender stereotypes especially with like the world that he's growing up in and I just really want him to like understand that like it has nothing to do with if you're a woman or a man like you can do whatever you want to do right how about like stereotype have you had any um stereotypes as a single mom when it uh when it comes to dating uh yeah I think that um some of the guys that I was involved with and like with dating assumed that I wasn't as like stable as I was I think they also Mm -hmm. assumed that my confidence was lower than it was and like I'm a very confident assertive person for -hmm. protection reasons like I feel like I have to um, but yeah, I, I, I've been, and I'm a guy's girl. So like a lot of my friends are guys too. So I've heard guys say things like they date single women or that they know guys who date single women because they're not as confident and because, you know, they're not as secure or whatever. So they'll kind of just take anything. And it's like, if anything, I'm way more particular as a mother now about dating than I ever was before. And while I've made many mistakes, even being a mother and dating, I didn't take no shit like if if we're together and I immediately see red flags like I'm out like I have no problem with leaving because it's not going to work out because I can't have my son watching me in some relationship that's you know toxic or whatever buzzword you want to use but yeah Yeah. I've definitely experienced that where you know I dated one guy and I think he thought that because I'm like on the shyer side initially and I'm very introverted. I think he kind of thought that I was like a little insecure. I was like, mm-hmm. no, not at all. <laughs> or like thought that I wasn't making money and come to find out I was making a lot more than he was. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do this over here. I don't know about you. I don't know. About, like, I, you know, I, I don't know where that comes from because I feel like as a single mom, you have to go like 10 times harder than, than a single person whatever like you have to go 10 times harder anyway so like why wouldn't i have all my shit together so yeah. i thought that was interesting how about you um per- ba- basically the same thing honestly um you know coming out of that you know relationship and then ent- re-entering the single work cuz i was single how long was I single after that? What was that like five years? It was a while. Five years. It was a yeah. I mean, I dated, mm-hmm. you know, but but not yeah, like not seriously. No, no, yeah. nothing serious. Um, what I same experience, like you said, it it did seem like um the narrative was, you know, <laughs> um where I felt like some would try you as to yeah. how that they were going to treat you or what mm. 
you may be willing to put up with because like you said, they think that, um, like I can't get nobody or, you know, whatever. Um, it what honestly though, in dating during that time, it did help me grow from, uh, people that I maybe would have initially picked in the past Mm -hmm. versus being a mom. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think becoming it. Well, you do. And you know what the, one thing, if I did hear this, I would like never talk to that person again after that is when they would maybe see what my schedule was or what I would have going on. You know, I have my big calendar with my things written down and it's my schedule and this is what's happening, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh, I don't know how you do that. I could never do that. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. X, you don't need to be involved. (laughs) um, You know, certain things that you don't look at in people when it comes to becoming a unit or a family. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I, for me anyway, I'll speak for me, um, dating for me was to date to become a family. Right. Um, ooh, the dating world is rough out there, y'all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that seemed to be the, cons- the consistent narrative um, when dating. Um mm-hmm. Or they, or they felt like, um, you know, when you do have children, you, you're going to be more at home. Mm-hmm. So I've had a situation where they thought that made me more convenient for them to come and go as they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- things like that. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. I think dating has made me more selective. It has made me more aware of myself, Mm -hmm. more cautious about my decision making, all the things. So, yeah, I think it's been helpful. Um, I've definitely dated better as a mother than I did date when I was a mother. (laughs) Girl, oh, my God. Listen, had I had this wisdom before, maybe we would have, you know, but we're not going to go there. But just to kind of wrap things up, <laughs> I say maybe we should give a couple things that like single motherhood has given us since, you know, we've talked so much about the other things. I, I think maybe we should say, you know, what we're grateful for um, regarding being single mothers. Uh, I know for me, what I'm grateful for is just having a second chance on how I view and do life. Um, it's not all sunshine. And Rose is coming out my ass, okay. Um, <laughs> but rainbows, yeah. But um, yeah. What I can say, it has definitely opened up my eyes um, to the world. Um, it has helped me see things more clear, and not through rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. My parents say that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it. the biggest thing, too, I've learned to love somebody way far and beyond more than I could love myself ever <laughs> and do anything yes. for. And my son, man, I 
love the crap out of him. That's my baby. <laughs> I agree. So. Yeah, I think my sons taught me for sure when I had him, I was like, oh, yeah, this is unconditional love because I would do anything, literally anything for your well-being. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it taught me what unconditional love is. And I think I didn't really understand that per se, because obviously, you know, we're we judge and things like that. It's just nature. But when I had him, I was like, oh, yeah, this is unconditional love and this is sacrifice. And I feel like it's just made me an overall stronger person. Um, it's allowed me to not slack. I feel like I'm constantly like in a state of like progressing, evolving, whatever the case is, in order to be the best person I can be for him. I know my mom always says, like, I'm always going to keep getting my education because I want you girls to, like, get your education. I want you guys to, like, know that this is, you know, the way or whatever. So I try to do the same things for my kid. I want to be a better person so that way you have no excuse. You know, this is, like, if this is a standard, like, meet it or go above it. But, like, you know, don't don't settle. For yeah, no. In life definitely well, <laughs> I think that wraps it up thank you all for joining us today and join us yes, again yes. next week I'm not sure what days these will be dropping but next week for sure we will have another episode Thanks for listening to Mommy Evolve Podcast. Be sure to follow and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New shows air every Monday. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Mama Evolve Podcast. Send us a DM. Let us know what topics you might like to hear us discuss. See you soon.